Hello everyone and welcome to episode number 71 of the Building Strength Podcast. I'm your host, Theo Lim, and this is the first episode of 2020. Episode number 71. This is crazy. This officially marks year three of the Building Strength Podcast. Thank you guys so much for following along the journey so far. I appreciate all of your support, all of your feedback, all of your questions. Thank you, thank you, thank you. So in this episode, I'm going to be covering five really awesome questions that you guys asked. I fielded some questions from a an Instagram story, and now we're going to answer them. But before I get started, if you're new to the podcast, welcome to the Building Strength Podcast. My name is Theo. I've been training for about 12 years now. I've been training clients for about four years. And I'm all about strength training. I'm all about movement. I'm all about helping people feel better, move better, and become stronger, both inside and outside of the gym. Right, So I'm all about performance, again, both inside of the gym, but I'm very, very aware that our performance in our relationships, in our work life, and just life in general, I think that's very important too. And I'm sure you guys have noticed over the last year, I've really been emphasizing that more. So without further ado... Let me jump into these five listener questions. And if you guys ever have have any questions, just message me. I'll link my Instagram below. I'll link my email below. Hit me up. I'm happy to answer them. Actually, before I I even get started into into that, if you guys follow me on Instagram, at Theodore.Lim, you've seen that I've kind of cranked up the consistency of my post. So I'm going to be on top of that all all day, every day. I'm also starting to post a lot more content on my YouTube. So check that out. I'll post it below, but it's just search Theodore Lim. And of course, I'll post some blog posts as well. So keep yourself updated by following me on all of those things with this podcast, my blog, Instagram, and YouTube. Okay, so whatever kind of content you want to see or whatever questions you may have, hit your boy up and I will make it happen. So now let's jump in. Pedro asks, at Pettywop, shout out to Pedro, thank you for asking such a great question. I know you're all about that. He asks, what are the top five episodes of your podcast that are must-listens? Really great question. So let me list my top five episodes of the Building Strength Podcast that you need to listen to if you haven't already. And if you've already listened to them, maybe you got to go listen to them again. But really, my main goal right now with all of my content is to make high quality content that is lasting content. As in, I want to be comfortable two to three to 10 years from now to link back to some of these YouTube videos, to some of these blog posts, podcasts, even Instagram posts. I want to be confident enough in my own content to link you a video that was made five years ago but it was such great info and such high quality info that it is still relevant five years from now so number one episode number 52 and episode number 66 are both meal prep episodes these are basically my minimalist guide to meal prep. If you've been listening to my podcast, 
you know I'm my my middle names are basically efficiency and effectiveness, right? Though that's what I'm all about. Got to do things efficiently and make sure that it's effective. So my meal prep episodes. Maybe you're wondering how to meal prep for the new year because you you want to lose that weight or maybe you just want to learn how to eat healthier or maybe you want to learn how to pack on a little more muscle, a little more size, whatever it is. Those two episodes, episode 52 and 66, are my meal prep episodes and I've linked these episodes to so many people because that's how good I think it is. So I'm going to link all of this in the show notes below. But number one, I know it's two episodes, but it's the same topic. And I'll probably do one again. I'm, I really want to do a YouTube video on my meal prep process. So look out for that. But episode 52 and 66, meal prep episodes. Number two, I'm going to go with episode number 64. Performing well outside of the gym. As I said in my intro, although, yes, I'm all about performing well inside of the gym, moving well, lifting well, making progress, getting better, getting stronger, although I'm all about that, I'm also all about performing well outside of the gym. Just like I said earlier, in our work life, in our family life, in our Um, relationships with our friends, with our loved ones, and just in general, performing well as a human being, right? So number 64, performing well outside of the gym, big time episode. That was for you, Pedro. I learned that from you, big time. Let's move on to episode, sorry, let's move on to number three, top five episodes you need to listen to. Number three, episode number 59, Theo's Ultimate Guide to Handling Injuries. Look, we can do all of the movement stuff. We can do all of the foam rolling. We can lift with proper technique 100% of the time. But like it or not, injuries happen, whether it's inside or outside of the gym. Um, Like sometimes shit happens when you're pushing yourself 100%, right? Or sometimes outside of the gym, you know, maybe you roll your ankle, you slip on the ice. Injuries are bound to happen. And it's funny because when they do happen, you kind of realize like, oh, snap, the human body is pretty fragile when things like that come up. So I think this is a really important episode because injuries do happen Most people I work with are dealing with some kind of injury or some kind of limitation. And I just, I think knowing how to take care of yourself, like knowing how to take care of your physical body, that's one of those life skills that no one really teaches us when we grow up or as we grow up. So just knowing how to take care of our own body. That's one of my goals with all of my clients is just teaching them like, look, this is how you take care of your shoulders. This is how you take care of your back. This is how you take care of your hips, your knees, etc. And just having those tools in the toolbox is super, super underrated. Let's move into number four. Top five episodes you need to listen to. Number four is going to be episode number 56, breaking down soreness, progressive overload, and the central nervous system. This episode is super important for all of you who maybe you've just started training in the last year or two. Maybe you've been training for a long time, but you never like went out of your way to learn about you know, what is it that we're actually doing when we go to the gym? Like, do I need to be sore every single time I go to the gym? How do I know I'm progressing? Like, how do I know how hard I should work? So number 56, episode number 56, that's a big episode, very jam-packed with really high quality info. 
this was an episode that I recorded because my one of my clients was used to training in a larger group environment, like group classes, more high-intensity training, stuff like that, which is not bad in it in and of itself, but there are also drawbacks to group classes like that. So that was just me taking the time to explain like my method my methodology. Is that how you say it? I don't know. I don't even know if I've ever used that word, but kind of like my training philosophy, that was me addressing her questions. And I'm sure a lot of you have similar questions. So episode number 56, you got to listen to that one. All right, number five on the list. I'm going to go ahead and say all episodes with my boy, Coach D. On Instagram, it's at Power Physique. We've recorded four episodes together over the last two years. And you need to go and listen to all four of them. Because, again, Coach D, if you've heard, if you've already listened to these episodes, you already know. He's on the same page as me. We come at things from a slightly different angle. But generally, just like I've mentioned in the past, the principles are what matters. The methodology or the... There I I went and used it a second time. Cutting myself off from that word now. So we have the same training philosophy, but the methods we use to get there might might be slightly different. But check those episodes out. Those are episodes 69, 51 seven and four so it's cool because you can kind of see our progression over this two-year period so those are my top five episodes i know i cheated because i basically listed uh three five i listed nine episodes but you get the idea okay honorable mention to episode number 40 which i titled pavel satsulin simple and sinister and grease the groove this has actually become the most popular episode on my podcast and i'm ashamed to say it's nowhere near my best episode to give you an idea of how popular this episode is as of today i have 13,000 downloads on the building strength podcast which i'm very happy about thank you guys for all your help all of your support let's bring the downloads up to 30,000 this year. So I currently am sitting at about 13,000 downloads. That episode with Pavel, with the title Pavel, has 3,000 downloads. So it has about 25% of my total downloads. To give you reference, my second best performing podcast has about 2% of all downloads, sitting at about 280 downloads. So what happened here was that I think I misled a bunch of people, not on purpose. I basically clickbaited 3,000 people into thinking that Pavel was on my podcast. And if you're familiar with Pavel or Kettlebells or the Joe Rogan podcast, Joe Rogan recently had Pavel on his podcast. So when that happened, my numbers actually spiked up even more because his name is in my title. So something I learned about the power of the internet, the power of search terms. So I'm just going to go ahead and just start naming my video titles, all this crazy names, right? So those are my, I just wanted to share that. That's the honorable mention, Pavel, (laughs) number 40, Pavel Satsulin. Definitely not one of my best episodes. I think I was still recording in my car at that time while I was driving. What was I thinking? What was I thinking? So here we are. Those are the top five episodes of the Building Strength Podcast up to this day. Let me go over them again. Number 52, number 66, meal prep episodes. Number 64, performing well outside of the gym. Number 59, Ultimate Guide to Handling Injuries. Number 56, Breaking Down Soreness, Progressive Overload. 
and the central nervous system. And then lastly, all of the episodes with Coach D. All right, so thank you, Pedro, for such a great question. Those are the episodes you guys need to listen to if you haven't already, but really highly recommend all of the episodes because why not, right? So let me share my top, aside from that Pavel episode, let me share my top 10 most, let me share my top five most downloaded episodes of all time. So that Pavel episode sits at number one. Number two is actually my most recent episode, num- uh, episode number 70, where I go over Strong First, the SFG Level 1 Kettlebell Certification, and then my preparation and my experience at that certification. Episode number three, sorry, number three most downloaded all time is actually interesting. It's episode number two. So my second episode that I ever released called Gaining Lean Mass and Losing Fat. I need to go back to listen to this episode because I don't really know what happened. I have an idea. I probably just talked about if you're not tracking, then you're just guessing, right? You got to you gotta be able to, if you want to gain or lose, you want to gain lean mass or you want to lose fat, you better be tracking, right? <laughs> and most downloaded fourth most downloaded episode episode number 26 how small changes can make a big impact movement variability and feeling good about yourself yeah i could see that and then lastly number five in most downloaded which is one which is one i've actually recommended which is great episode number 66 meal prep guide for lean gains grocery store tips and a bonus rant. So those are my top five most downloaded episodes in the last two years. So let's move on to question number two. It wasn't really a question, but I know what she means. This is from Jen. Jen is one of my in-person clients, one of the OGs. Big shout outs to Jen. She is a fucking, number one, an awesome human being. And number two, a fucking workhorse. I watched her hustle so hard over the last year. Basically, Jen, like, she owns her own hair salon, but she recently started doing, like, event planning as well on the side. And if you guys follow me on IG, she's the one who did, like, a bikini slash transformation contest. So she actually stepped on stage and did that. So big shout outs to Jen. It's kind of one of those, one of those people who, you know, you just lead by example. Just, just do it, lead by example. And you, when you do that, you don't realize like how many people are watching now with social media. So, so uh, popular, right? Like you don't realize how many people are watching, how many people you're inspiring when you do that. But you fucking did it. So big shout outs to Jen. So she's asking about goal setting, resolutions, goal setting versus resolutions in light of the new year and building rituals. So goal setting is something I talk about a lot. I like basically when I look back on all my episodes, there are really only a few topics that I talk about and goal setting is one of them. I'm big on goal setting. I'm big on rituals. I'm big on habits. I'm big on building routines. I think there's that one post I always repost every now and then. It's like, show me a successful person and I'll show you their daily habits or whatever, something like that. And I think goals, setting goals is an important thing in our lives, whether it's goals in the gym or goals outside of the gym. There's also that other saying, like, if you don't know where you're going, any road will take you there. As in, if you don't set goals for what you're trying to achieve, then, you know, life will happen anyway, 
and you'll kind of get to wherever it is that life takes you. So having that clarity in your vision, really knowing what it is you want, and maybe more importantly, why it is you want that thing, I think that's really important. So I just recently on IG, I posted something about goal setting, and I think that's something that has helped me the most over the last year is really, I think one of the things that has helped me both in my personal life, in my work life, and in the gym is really defining what it is I want, taking the time to really sit down, reflect, clearly define what it is I want and why I want it. That's the first step. And then step number two is figuring out what I need to do every single day, every single day to work towards that goal. So you guys kind of followed the journey when I was leaning out last summer and it clicked. This was when it clicked because I actually had this goal in mind. I wanted to lean out. I wanted to look a certain way. And when I really sat down and was honest with myself about, okay, this is what you want. What do you need to do every single day to get there? So what did I need to do? I needed to get a certain amount of sleep. So I felt good. So if I felt good, then I would train well when I was in the gym, right? And if I felt and if I trained well, then I'd feel good. And it's just a big cycle, like a big snowball effect of, okay, so number one, I needed to sleep well every night. And that meant I needed to get to bed at a certain time every single night. And then what else did I need to do? Okay, I need to hit my macronutrients or be close to hitting those macros every single day. So it was just like, okay, these are the things that I need to do every single day. And then let me give you some examples of my business life or my work life where, okay, I want to become a better coach. I want to grow my business, et cetera, et cetera. Okay, what do I need to do every single day to do that? Okay, every single day, one of the main things is I need to coach and I need to do it well. I need to come from a place of kindness, from love, from compassion, and I need to do that every single day, right? In order for me, in my opinion, to be, to continue to become a better coach. And then it's like, okay, in terms of gaining more clients, what do I need to do every single day to do that? Okay, number one of the things is like, okay, I need to make it known that I'm a trainer and that I'm a good trainer and that I can help you with whatever it is you need help with. And I need to do that both in person, I need to do that online with my content, and I just need to do that every single day, right? So that's just kind of a few examples of how I think the figuring out what it is you need to do every single day, I think that's so important because the results don't happen with like when we do something once in a while, you know? I don't get in shape when I run once a month. No, I get in shape if I run probably like twice a week, three times a week, or I get good at running like that. Or I don't I don't um, become better at squatting by squatting once a week. I will probably get better at it if I do it twice a week, that kind of thing. Sorry, if there's a buzzing noise in the background, someone's just working on my bathroom right now and I don't know what to say. It's happening. So, number one, clearly define your goals. Number two, figure out what you need to do every single day to work towards those goals. And number three is just be consistent, be persistent, and be patient. And of course, lastly, the maybe the most important, be kind to yourself because things are going to get tough. You're going to fuck up. You're going to make mistakes. You're going to go off your plan. Like if you knew, if you watched what I do every single day, especially during that time I was leaning out, the results showed when I took that after picture, the results were there. But if you saw the struggle every single day of me getting in my head because, oh fuck, I didn't hit my macros today or oh fuck I didn't work out today 
and just that struggle, everyday struggle, it's like those things are going to happen and it's okay because that's natural. Like failure or making mistakes, messing up, it's part of the process. It's part of the success, right? Because no one ever did something and was instantly good at it. I don't think that doesn't exist, right? You always, everyone, all of us, anytime we start something new or try something new, we're going to struggle a little bit at the start. So I hope that was helpful. In terms of resolutions, New Year's resolutions, I don't know. I'm, I haven't really like, I have yearly goals, which I've talked about in the past, but I don't think I have like I'm not really into the new year's resolutions I kind of resolve to become better every single day like I've talked about this in the past when I talk about my journal but I literally write down my ultimate goal every single morning right and again just like I was talking about earlier some mornings I, I forget or some mornings I wake up late. I'm in a rush. I got to go. I got to rush out the door. So it's not always going to be 100%. It probably rarely is going to be 100%. And that's okay. I don't think 100% on point is realistic, nor is it sustainable anyway. We're humans. We mess up. It's okay. So in terms of resolutions, like one thing I would maybe encourage you to do is instead of resolving to do whatever it is you want to do just on a yearly basis, I think recommitting to your goals every single day is super powerful. And that kind of ties into building rituals. Like these are all habits and it takes time to build habits. It takes a bit of work and effort to build habits. Like you really have to want it to build these habits. And that kind of goes back to really knowing why it is you want something. Because that why will help drive you every single day. So I think building habits and building the routines, that's how it's done. There's no quick fix. It's going to take time and that's okay. So I hope that was helpful in terms of the goal settings, the resolutions, the rituals. I'm trying to think of if there are any rituals. For me, like the morning journaling is very on point. For me, the tough part is the evening journaling. So I've talked about how I set up my journal. I do like two minutes in the morning if that and I do like two to three minutes in the evening and the evening is more of a reflection on how the day went for me that's always been a bit tougher for me to get to so I kind of that's what I'm working on more is like getting that evening journaling in really reflecting on the day and using that to kind of propel my next day so Question number three from my day one homie, Kevin. Home gym essentials on a budget. So I've written, I've actually, I have, I have a podcast on this, how I built my home gym for $1,500. I actually asked him what, what kind of budget he was thinking. What is it? A hundred dollars. Is it $500? Is it a thousand dollars? So he said, can you go through some different pricing categories? So I used to think you needed $1,000 to build a solid home gym, but not anymore. Now that I've learned about kettlebells, this is very simple. So home gym essentials on a budget. A question you have to ask yourself is what do you enjoy doing? What could you see yourself doing at home? Because just because the gym is at home doesn't mean you're doesn't necessarily mean you're gonna do it. You still like there's for me, my gym's in my garage. I still have to kind of, you know, talk myself into doing it at certain times, right? 
So there's still that struggle. So let me start real basic. Number one, you don't really need equipment. You can do a lot with just your body weight. You can YouTube it, you can Google it, body weight workouts. Number one, zero dollars, body weight. Number two, I'll say $25. You can get a thin, like red strength band. I'll link it below. You can get a band for your ankles. So you can do like some glute stuff. So $25 budget, get one thin band and get one band for the booty work. Let's move up into a $50 range. Let's go 50 to $100 range. Buy a kettlebell. If you're a female, an 8, a 12, or a 16 kilogram kettlebell will serve you very well. If you're a man, uh, 16 kg, 24 kg, and eventually the 32 kg will serve you very well. So that's more like in the 50 to $200 range, okay? So th those are, like with that, you can do a lot. Where, where are we at? Body weight, bands, kettlebells. Oh, another one, like a $10, less than $10 thing. Skipping, like a jump rope, skipping rope. Underrated, get one of those too. Also, since we're talking about underrated, walking is also underrated. Just going outside for a walk, very, very underrated. Got to get those daily steps up, guys. I keep track of how many steps I take on the daily, and I just kind of use that to gauge how active I've been over the course of the last week. So with the, with the holidays, definitely my average steps went from like 9,000 down to like 6,000. So that just, it's not a big deal, but it just kind of gives you that information, you know, like, okay, maybe I'm struggling to lose this fat. Maybe I start looking at my steps and oh shit, maybe I'm only taking 2000 steps a day. Well, something really simple I can do. Let me just bring that up to 6,000, 7,000. And then maybe that will help with my fat loss, right? It's always, always the simple things. So... Where are we at? 50 to $200. Okay, let's move into the next pricing category. Let's go 500 to $1,000. For that budget, you can probably find a squat rack or power rack if you need one. I used to think you need one. I'm not so sure anymore. I'm not so sure anymore. But like, if you're, good, if you're to go that route, squat rack, power rack, barbell and some plates and you need mats unless you want to just fuck up your floors but mats are there too so that's moving into that five hundred thousand dollar thousand five hundred dollar range if you're in canada if you're in toronto specifically i've bought a lot of equipment from fitness depot i bought a lot of equipment from treadmill factory i'll link all of this below guys the show notes are going to be packed this week so Treadmill Factory is another big one. Amazon, surprisingly, has been pretty good. And then Facebook Marketplace and Kijiji. I've bought a lot of really good like pieces of equipment from the used ads. If you know what you're looking for and if you don't need it right now, you're willing to wait, you can save a lot of money waiting for whatever it is you're looking for. So a couple other home gym items that I think are awesome. Some kind of chin-up bar is good. Uh, a TRX or gymnastic rings are great as well. A punching bag I think would be super sweet. But yeah, I think those are the those are kind of my pricing categories. Those are my home gym essentials. I think that's all. So, let's go into question four from my boy, Jonder Perez. Jonder, I miss you. It's been a while since I've seen you. I hope you're well. I know you're probably crushing it because you're a super high achiever. 
And so he asked, how is it possible that I still weigh the same around 150 pounds, but my belly and my stomach has gotten bigger? So I'm generally very nice guy. I like to tiptoe around these topics. I don't really like to hurt your feelings, but I'm going to have to hurt your feelings because there's no nice way to answer the question. And I think you already know. I think you already know the answer. But let me let me give it to you. So how is it possible that you still weigh the same, but your belly or stomach has gotten bigger? Simply put, you've probably lost a bit of muscle and you've probably put on a bit of fat. It's as simple as that. So, you know, guys, guys, like this is the number one thing that I changed in my diet in 2019 that I'm still doing. I'm carrying into the rest of my life, hitting adequate protein intake. I'm going to say it again for the people in the back, hitting adequate protein intake. You might ask, what is adequate protein intake? There's no one answer, but a simple way to do it is take your body weight and multiply it by 0.8. So I'm 180 pounds. I'm going to pull up a calculator. 180 pounds times 0.8. For me, that's about 145 grams of protein. So... Guys, 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 this is the one, the one thing I can't stress this enough. Hit your protein intake and I guarantee things will drastically change for you. And once you start seeing that change, you'll kind of have a bit more buy-in into the process. You'll be a bit happier with your progress and trust me on this one, just hit your protein intake. Okay. Please do it for me, but more importantly, do it for yourself. Protein intake, lift heavy, make sure you're getting, and heavy is relative, you know, technique always comes first, weight will come after that, but hit your protein intake, get stronger, get better, have fun, find, find some activities that are fun for you, and just be consistent as fuck, all right? So, Jonder, I got you, man. I got you. Okay, last question of this podcast from my boy, Bizarre, one of the members at Myo Detox, one of the savages. This guy is getting lean out here. And you know what? You know, I loved it. I asked him, you know, I always like to ask people when they're seeing results, when they're making progress. What's, what have you changed? What are you doing differently? What's the, what kind of shifts have you made in your mindset? One thing he said is that, oh man, I almost, bizarre, I basically fell in love with you when you asked me this. I'm over it now though, so don't worry, it's okay. <laughs> he said that, you know, one thing he realized was like, before when he was coming to the gym, coming to classes, it was just about coming to the class. That was all he was concerned about. And when he left the class, whatever, he didn't think about his health or his fitness or how that, how, how the, how everything he does outside of the gym affects everything he does inside of the gym. So he said that, you know, he made some mindset, mindset shifts. He realized that the food he was eating contributed to the quality of his performance he realized like if he could stay on top of his mental game outside of the gym, how much that helped him when he was inside of the gym. And I really love that. I really love that because that's something that I noticed as well, which is about myself, which is why I've been talking so much about the stuff outside of the gym, the sleeping, the eating, the mental game, the stress, like if you're stressed outside of the gym, guarantee your performance in the gym is not going to be as good as it could be. So just learn, because when you get into the gym, 
you're stressing yourself as well. So it's just more stress on top of the stress you're already carrying. So that was just a side note. That was such a great thing to hear because the man is getting lean to the point where, you know, might take off his shirt here and there in class, which is always a great sign. Being lean, I'm not as lean as I was in the summer, but let me tell you guys, being lean, there's just a certain level of confidence that you have where, I don't, I don't know, you just, you know, there's just a certain level of confidence where it's like, I could take my shirt off right now and, you know, things are going to be popping. It's just, if you've never experienced it, if you have a desire to experience it, highly encourage you to do it. It's awesome. But just remember this, because this took me a while to find my groove again. Because in July, in August of 2019, I was at the leanest I had ever been. And I felt good about that. And I kind of struggled after that when my coach, Coach D, bumped up my calories a little. He said, you know what? It's time to start growing again. Start time, time to start putting on muscle. Time to start putting on your strength again, Theo. And I was like, all right, cool. And then I started doing that. But then, you know, I, was, I wasn't as lean as I was before. I couldn't just take my shirt off. I couldn't just be a, like, just flex on Instagram. Like, I wasn't that lean anymore. And it took me a couple weeks, even a couple months to kind of be like, okay, that's fine. It's okay if you're not lean all the time. That's not, say, that's not that realistic. Because let me tell you this, guys. When I was at my leanest, my food, my nutrition, like, Yes, I was lean, I had abs, things were popping, I felt good, but the, say, the balance in terms of what I could eat or what I wanted to eat, it wasn't there. Like, definitely things, social life suffered a little because, you know, when you want to stay lean, you can only eat, say, a certain amount or certain types of foods or certain amounts of certain types of foods. But I'd say that was a big struggle. But just realizing that it is okay to not be lean all the time. It's probably not realistic. But, 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 before I move on, let me tell you this. Every year now, I'm definitely going to do like a 12 to 16 week lean out or cut. So I can kind of see what gains I've made through this growing process because I've definitely been making gains. So back to the question, Bizarre, he asked, what are my, what's my opinion on the need for speed versus taking time in the gym? Taking your time in the gym. Let me say that again. What is your opinion on the need for speed versus taking your time in the gym? So Bizarre, let me give you guys some context. Bizarre asked me this because he comes to myodetox performance where we do large group classes. Some of them are strength training classes. Some of them are more conditioning based classes. You guys know me, I'm more of a strength training person. So I don't really do a whole lot of the, I don't really run a lot of the higher intensity classes, but you know me, I'm all about taking my time, taking your time, being patient, make sure you set up well. Make sure you have proper technique and then you do the lift. So I have two things I want to say here. Number one, this is the saying I always go back to. You have to learn how to go slow before you can go fast. Let me say that again. You have to go, you have to learn how to go slow before you can go fast. So let's take, for example, a squat. I tell my clients all the time, when you're doing your set, never rush your set for anyone. Don't rush your set for me. Don't rush for your set for the person waiting to do their set. Never rush your set. Because if you do, shit, things could go wrong. 
So, and we don't want that, right? So, all maybe I'll I always tell them I'll rush you to get into your set. Maybe you've been sitting around longer. Maybe you've been talking to someone. I'll rush you to get into your set. But once you're in that set, you take all the time you need. Okay. So I'm all about taking your time because doing things properly, doing things well, is better than doing things fast and not well. So if you're a lot of people are okay, here's the here's the context. Here's where I'm coming from. I've been lifting for 12 years, so I generally have a good idea of how to do most exercises. Not all, because I haven't done all of them, but most exercises I can do fairly well. So if you put me in a higher pace class, I'm going to be fine because I know how to do it already. But if you put a complete beginner in a fast paced class, now they're trying to learn how to do that thing properly. And then they're also trying to um, do as many as they can because it's such a high pressure environment, right? Maybe the clock's ticking, maybe the instructor's in their face telling them to go faster or whatever it may be. You just, you don't want to put yourself, you don't want to try to learn something new in such a high pressure environment. Like, and then you add fatigue on top of that, you start getting tired. Have you ever got, have you guys ever maybe tried to sit in a class? Maybe you're when you were in school, but you are super tired, you're falling asleep, no learning is happening. So like when your fatigue is high, your ability to learn is very, very, very diminished. So that's kind of the context there. Like Bizarre, you're, you're I'd say, you're no longer a beginner in the gym. You're kind of in that intermediate phase. So yeah, now you're at a point where you can go faster without hurting yourself, right? But most people, I'd say, are in that beginner phase where they don't know how to control their body in such a way where they won't hurt themselves. So when you take that and you add it to a fast-paced environment with lots of pressure and then there are 20 more people in the class, things can go wrong. So that's, I'd say, that's the one thing I'd say about that. I'm just all about learning proper technique first, then you can go as fast as you want. And you know what? It's honestly, it's because I care. Not a lot of, you can go to a lot of group classes in Toronto, in the world where, you know, maybe they're yelling at you. They want you to go faster. You're doing them really shitty. You're doing the squats really shitty, but it's okay. It's okay. Just, just keep doing them because we're just here for a sweat, a sweat. I've talked about this before. Fuck that. A sweat session. Sorry. Sorry. I get, I get fired up about that. <laughs> the saying, one of the things that it's like, anyone can make you tired. Anyone can make you tired. Do 500 burpees. You're going to be tired. You're going to be sweating. You're going to be in a pool of blood and sweat and tears, right? Anyone can make you tired, but not anyone can make you better. All right. So it's like me. I'm a, if you put me say in a CrossFit class, I don't have a lot of experience with the Olympic lifts. And then you tell me to go faster, but I don't know. I don't like, I'm aware that I don't know how to do this. So I'll, I'll be like, no, I, I can't go faster. Cause I actually don't know how to do it. But say I didn't leave my ego at the door. I think ego is a big thing there too, but say I didn't leave my ego at the door. You know, I, I went into this CrossFit class. I'm like, yeah, I'm going to show everyone how awesome I am, how uh, worthy I am of their approval. And it's like, boom, boom, boom. I go really fast. I fuck up my shoulder. I don't show up for another six months. No one wins. I didn't win. The gym didn't win. Like literally no one wins. So that's kind of where I'm coming from in terms of the taking your time, why it's important to do so. But I also realize that 
this point number two. Coach D has talked about this before. People have different personality types or neurotypes. Like we're all wired slightly different. Some people like to go fast. Some people are into that. I'm not one of those people. But you can tell some people, you know, they just want to go. They got a lot of energy. That's cool. So I think you have to understand maybe what what kind of what kind of personality type or neurotype you are what kind of things you enjoy do you like going boom 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 really fast or do you kind of like chilling and then just doing a couple reps chilling couple reps that kind of thing so i think understanding that is really important because if you understand that then you know what kind of training you like and it's just the fact is, if you like the kind of training you're doing, you're going to put more effort into it. You're going to put more energy into it. You're going to want to show up more. And that's really important because if you actually enjoy that thing, you'll go and do that thing. If you don't enjoy that thing, like me, you'll never see me in like a conditioning class or a, I don't know, you'll never see me in a conditioning class because... I just don't enjoy it. It's that's it. That's really it. Like I I like going at my own pace. I like taking my time. I like putting a hundred percent into that set. Or I like putting a hundred percent into four to six different exercises and really focusing because I'm kind of a technician in that way. I don't want to do 20, 30 exercises per workout. Like not into that so i think the context of okay where is your skill level and how proficient are you at actually doing this because that will play a big role in how fast you can actually move right or how maybe how slow you should move and then there's also the awareness of okay i actually i'm into this i really like going really fast a lot And that's cool too. Like everyone has their own preference. Everyone has their own tendencies. And that is totally cool. So I think just being aware of that is great. So I hope that helps. I hope that answered your questions. Thank you guys so much for asking me these questions. Because it gives me something to talk about. Something to address. And as always, very open to more questions, more feedback, suggestions, whatever you got, hit me up. It's all going to be in the show notes. So first episode of 2020 in the books. Thank you guys so much for listening. I'm going to be, I know in 2019, I wasn't as consistent with the podcast. I fell into doing like one every month. 2020 it's going to be a bi-weekly podcast okay so two episodes per month jam-packed with quality info just like this one i'm gonna really take my time with them make sure they're quality episodes so guys thank you guys so much for listening for your support if you're in toronto you want to work in person with me hit me up below i'll post a link If you want to do online coaching, whether you want to work on your movement, your strength training, hit me up. I got you. But just uh, be on the lookout for all the content coming your way. Until next time, peace.